This is Farah. This is Alex. And, and welcome, welcome back. back. So today we have a guest, very <laughs> special, dear, dear guest. Yes. And do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, hi, I'm Lizzie. Um, I work in infection medicine, uh, mainly on viruses. Yeah, infection medicine. Um, and yeah, I'll explain a bit more about what I get up to later on. Cool. Uh, so let's move on to the news part. Do, do, do. Okay, that was a bit of a dramatic. Is that going to be a big Ben Bong? No! <laughs> Alright, so <laughs> latest news updated about the. Ankov 2019. Oh, they haven't still named it. What? Have they not still n- named the virus? Ncov 2019. Oh, I need to think of a better name, but never mind, continue. I told you about it the sex so many times and also in the previous episodes. I know, continue please. I mean, gov.uk, gov.co.uk is naming it as like the Wuhan 2019 virus, so is that better for you? Slightly. Improvement. Yeah, you can call it that. That's what they're calling it. They know there's not a real name yet. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, so according to the CDC, it's the end of 2019. Right. So yes, all the flights from British Airways to and from China have been stopped. And they are even cleaning the lanes, like people full on hazmat suit, face masks, and like spray things, spraying the interior of the planes before sending them back to China to collect the 200 people stuck in Wuhan, which will be then put into isolation when they come back to the UK. What kind of chemicals are spraying? Suppose Vercon, like we do in the lab. The what? Vercon. That one's actually that? really toxic. Yeah, that's why we've got a full face mask. Yeah. Just supposed to. Uh, Alright. Okay. Or probably like 70% ethanol. That's better though. I think ethanol would be better than on chemical. A... I mean, there's been a few papers published that show that alcohol does have an effect on the ENCOV virus. Alright. Yeah, you told me about that. Was that because patients were consuming alcohol or did they no. put alcohol on the virus? On said virus in petri dish. Ooh. What percentage? Was it gin? I bet it was gin. No, I think it's like the laboratory 100%, even or 70%. Yeah, because gin is just 40%, so it's not enough to kill. This makes some might be a bit drunk, but not enough to kill them. Yeah, 100% evaporates. Are you saying the virus will get drunk? I don't know. I never spoke to them before. You've never spoken to the virus before? No. Do you know what? Me neither. Oh my Actually, God. no, do you know what? Tell a lie. I do speak to them. They just don't speak to me back very often. And oh. then my colleagues stop speaking to me somehow. So yeah, it, it happens. It happens. Have I been transported to another dimension? Because this is of another world, honestly. What happens in tissue culture stays in tissue culture. Oh yeah, obviously. <laughs> I had a funeral for myself last year because I had finished using them. Yeah, I got hurried along when I was trying to have moments of silence for the cells I had mm. to throw away. I was just like, no, someone else is booked. I've got to go. <laughs> Yeah, I just grabbed a few people. I was like, okay, so we are here assembled to commemorate TK6 lymphoblasts. They have served me well. And then I poured the ethanol onto the cells. Oh, and we just chuck them in a tub of bleach and leave them there? Yeah, I know. It was practice before to put like 100% ethanol on them. It's a waste. Just of alcohol. Waste of alcohol? I think this is cheaper than alcohol, right? Also, we have an alcohol quota on this building and every building in the UK. You like in labs, in lab terms, you have like a quota of ethanol that you can. So we get near our quota actually at the end of this April. By April, March, April, we start having to ration everything we have. Why? Really? Yeah, there's um, only so much you can have per per building. I think my, my understanding is, I mean, I'm probably wrong, but yeah, near March time we start 
having to cut Wait, out. is it alcohol, like drinking alcohol? Or well, alcohol? It it uh, 100% ethanol that Does we get in. Renew, oh, right. Like, the taxes renew on I, I think it's April. It might be May. Mm. It's sometime last spring that we had to be really careful that we couldn't, you can't place any more orders. The building cannot place any more orders. I don't know. Feel free to look it up. I just... How does the building know how much alcohol we have? Well, the, the stores manage it. We don't buy it from outside. The stores bring it in. Yeah, but if you, you can see, oh, I we use like half of the supply in one day. They could, have not, they could not measure that, how much you use. I mean, the stores have a record of how many bottles come in and then a record of how many bottles people take. Can you just take out bottles and no, not they, use them? They bill it to your grant. They bill it to... Bill it to your grant money or your uh, funding. It's not like you put orders on eBay. Oh, okay, no. Um, so I'm we, yeah, we, we have like a lab ordering system. So you just basically go online. I feel like it is Amazon for scientists. Yeah. Um, and I go on and just like, yeah, I'm just like, add to cart, <laughs> add to cart. I want some of these, add to cart. And then it just comes off some grant money. Somebody yeah. deals with the grant money and the payments. And then, so yeah, they can justify the cost. And then we get it from stores. Why don't they get like a next day delivery? I mean, some things are because they have like a, like a ton of stock in the stock room already. So if you order like a box of gloves, they'll come the next day because they have them already. But Not if you want, the next day, you can even have them like just oh yeah, a couple of hours. Um, but sometimes if you want something that's really obscure, like I had to order some special chemicals from America, and that took quite a while to get here, obviously. They had to go over the wall, then through the ocean. You know, it's such a palaver. Yeah. I'm glad they bubble wrapped it. It's waterproof. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yes. So when they, so yeah. it will not break as well because bubble wrap. Like. No, they had to get like um, Mexican children to throw it over. No, I think it's more of a message in a bottle kind of thing nowadays. They yeah, do. I don't know, but you know they have to throw it over the wall, then it has to flow through the sea. I'm not sure. I'm not sure which side of the wall it came from. Mm, exactly. See, that's a problem. So we don't know. I don't know. I just placed an order on the Amazon for scientists, and it arrived in a couple of weeks. As you can tell, the scientists absolutely love politics. Do we? No. Oh, no, um, no. That was irony. Oh, all right, I thought, I mean, <gasps> what's the date today? 30th. Oh, tomorrow's the last day we're in... January, yeah, finally, the three months of January have passed. No, tomorrow's the last, yeah, oh. tomorrow's the last day we're in you. See, it doesn't matter for me. I'm just saying. Yeah, it just doesn't matter for me. I'll be with you, whatever happens. Oh, yeah, dual passport. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Do you want to share with us your experience of lab work? Well, I don't know if I'm still qualified to be on your podcast anymore. I'm no longer well, technically... Well, you have been a student at some point in your life. Yeah, I've been a student for the last 12 months. Two weeks, but... two weeks ago, you were a student. Yeah, as of two weeks ago. And now suddenly, the next day, I came in thinking I'm everyone's boss. So it's... But it's a nice day. Not my name. boss. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. No. Right. So, yeah, so for the last year, I've been working on what we call the SALT project, which is, is that what it sounds? It's sodium chloride. So really cheap reagents, which is great. Um... So I've been working with um, chips. Yes. Putting up chips with a bit of vinegar. I do. I, I try doing that in front of my supervisors. I'm like, what? Salt's an antiviral. And they go, not like that. You're going to get heart disease. And I'm, I'm just munching my chips in a lab meeting. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I've been working on salt being sort of as an antiviral. So um, different viral infections. We've been trying to look at HSV-1. So herpes, simplex virus 1, cold sore virus. Um, and also influenza A virus, uh, a strain called PR8. 
Um, and they're two morphologically distinct viruses. So one's DNA, one's RNA, double-stranded, single-stranded, things like that. So they're quite different in terms of the biology of the viruses. So if we see patterns between both of those viruses, maybe the pattern is for all viruses. We don't know, but we can look into that a bit more. But those two viruses are quite easy to maintain in culture and and do experiments on. Okay, so how does a salt act as an antiviral? So we're not exactly sure is the, the real answer. That's part of my project and why they're keeping me on to try and investigate this a bit more. Um, but we know that if you put salt on the virus directly without any cells, that, it, that doesn't do it. I assume it's a liquid, in liquid form. Yeah, so I, I have a stock solution that I made um, of like five molar um, salt, which is the highest you can get. And then I just dilute that um, for my experiments and then put it on the cells. But it has to go through the cells. You can't just put some salt on a virus and hope it works. So it's cell-mediated, cell but we don't know which part of the cell, which mechanisms in the cell. It's, yeah, we're, we're not really sure yet is the, is the true answer, but we know that it can have an antiviral effect in some cell lines with some viruses. So it sounds like you're pickling the cell. Yeah, if you like, sure. I mean, that'd be more vinegar, wouldn't it? Yeah, you need to cook the cell first and then put it in vinegar. Really? Do you not just dump lots of salt on like on um, pickled fish? Do you not? No, cook that's like preserve, mm, preservative, yeah. isn't it? I that's suppose. dehydration. Oh. Salt attracts water. I thought salt is just to give more flavour. I mean, yeah, that too. But I'm not looking to taste my cells, my virally infected cells. I've not once gone, hmm, tastes like herpes. Never, <laughs> never done that. Never will. <laughs> never will. <laughs> But I'm sure they taste better with salt, but I'm not going to find out. <laughs> so the salt being an antiviral only works when the virus, virus is in the cell, not... We've, yeah, so my supervisors before me also looked at sort of the time frame. Um, so if you try to give salt to the cell before it would even seen the virus, that mm. doesn't make a difference. Right. If you try to give it at the same time as you give the virus, that doesn't make a difference either. It's only when you give the virus, wait a bit or, you know, an hour or so, then give it salt and it's during the viral replication within the cell, that's when you start to see any kind of effect. So are you saying that if we get a cold, we have to snort salt? I mean, snort, maybe not. Just rub it in the gums kind of thing. That would probably work. No, um, we're not exactly sure how it would work. Well, I mean, you know, there's like the saline, saline like nasal irrigation and things yeah. like that. Um, it's quite popular in America as well, that people gargle with salt water or you sort of um, nasally irrigate it's a horrible saying yeah you snort yeah. it up your nose and it comes back to, out I have to do, do it like when I have like bad hay fever Same. yeah so so yeah it's a common thing that people are already doing so no don't just go and find some salt granules and salt sachets from the canteen and snort them please don't <laughs> um, but saline saline water I just thought I'd you know ask because you know, never know some people might get the idea yeah I'm not recommending that to all your listeners I'm not recommending snorting salt that's true. You heard yeah. it here first, Farah. <laughs> but saline irrigation has been shown in the past, and I think we've been doing it for many, many years using salt in medicine. We're just not exactly sure the right mechanism of how I mean, how it's having the effect. Look at the mummies; how well they're preserved. They look. They don't. Have Are they preserved with salt? They preserved with lots of things. So basically, what happens when the body dies of a pharaoh is they remove the brain from the nose, they remove ninety percent of all organs because that petrifies the body. So what's left is basically a bag of flesh, which is just muscles, skin, and bones, and ligaments and whatnot. In which they then put a few things like amulets, and then they put the body in salt for at least a month for it to get all the moisture out, so it mummifies. 
so it doesn't decompose. And then you wrap it up in like oils and parchment, kind of. The bandages that bandages, you would see yeah. at Halloween. <laughs> parchment. Yeah. And you put that in a wooden sarcophagus in which you put in a very fancy sarcophagus in which you put in a massive block of granite in which you put in a massive triangular shaped thing. Do you mean the pyramids? Yes, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, is that to prevent like oxygen from entering the coffin? So basically that the belief that the, for the body to be able to travel to the afterlife like for soul to travel to the afterlife the body has to stay intact as long as possible because of which may take millimetre and so it's like the car and the tar, and one of them is a saw and stuff like that. I can't remember the specific name, so don't hate me. But <laughs> basically, for one to be able to travel to the afterlife, the other one has to be preserved. So if, let's say, you've been cremated after death, mm-hmm. but you haven't traveled to the afterlife, your like metaphysical body should be burned too. But if you had time to travel, then you're fine. How long does it take to travel to afterlife? Do you know what? I've never asked anyone that. Well, They've never applied to me. In the, Have you asked? No, but if you look at the... If you really want to get more detail and accurate detail, because this is just off the top of my head, like they have to travel <laughs> through different doors through the afterlife, and at the end they have to weigh their entire life compared to this... Um, what is it? Plume thing? Like, a bit of a bird that flies. Yeah, I suppose plume. Yeah, feathers. Yeah, Pl- the plumage? Fe- the, they can, so they put, <laughs> that is a real word. It is a so real they word. put a heart on the scales and they put a, like a a feather on the other side, and that feather should, should like determine whether or not your soul is good enough to go to the good afterlife or the bad afterlife, depending on what you've done in your life. Is this the new Netflix thing with Kristen Bell? No. That you're on about with the good and the bad afterlife? No, I'm talking about the like Greek. No, no, not Greek. Uh, Ancient Egypt. Ancient Egypt. Are you <laughs> sure it's not the Netflix one? No, I'm sure. Okay. It's not points. Okay. It's the weight of your soul. Just checking. Just checking. I'm just saying, they might just have based it very strongly on the liquid in no, Egyptian mythology. I find it interesting. But I mean, do you have the chance to study it? That's not really why I chose soul, if that's your question. Anyway, yes. <laughs> Maybe they already had to figure it out during Egyptian time that a virus can be stopped. You think in Egyptian times they already knew what a virus was? They had good knowledge of medicine, but... They did. Yeah. But without a microscope, it's very hard to try and distinguish pathogens. They just know something, not very specifically. Okay, in which case we were then reverted to the Middle Ages where you just have the devil in your head. And then they try and drill a hole. And they'd let blood out thinking it would get the ailment out. Yeah, just a little bit of leeches... 20 litres of blood and you could let seven out easily. And then you couldn't stand. Or couldn't you wake up? Yep. (laughs) Anyway, I believe you brought in a paper with you. Uh, Yeah, so it's not so much a serious paper. Um, It's one that I found quite funny. Um, One that actually won the Ig Nobel Prize in 2017, I think. But it came out in 2014. Um, So it's essentially, it's whether or not cats are liquids. Cats can be classified as a liquid or a solid. Interesting. Please... Tell us more. Um, so it's by um, a French guy. So um, Alex, I think, can you read the name? Because I'm yes. probably going to butcher it. Marc-Antoine Fardin. Ah, perfect. Okay. So he he wrote this paper, um, which... And it, he it, won a Nobel Prize. Big Nobel, Nobel Prize. So it's like a parody of the Nobel Prize. It's intentionally humour science, but also... Oh, it so make it's people not think. real. No, it is, it is real. It's a real award. 
but it's um it's intentionally sort of a a, a prize to make people sort of laugh first and then think second. Uh, okay, continue. Um, I mean, not like a Nobel Prize where you think first and laugh after. Really? Why would you laugh after a Nobel Prize? I mean, there were some other ones. I did look up some other the prize winners. Um, sort of things <laughs> like why do wombats make cubed poo? Make little cubes. Um, sort of whether a cockroach has different biomagnetism based on whether it's dead or alive. Um, and also I think twins struggle to recognise themselves in photos. Identical twins, if you show them a photo of one of them and say it's that you or your sister or brother, they struggle. That's one of the papers. But yeah, the cats are liquid is um, probably one of my favourite ones. So most of their figures and their references just come from like online cat photos <laughs> or like memes, um, which makes me very happy. It's <laughs> got that meme of a cat lit at a table and there's like the, the girl pointing at it at the other girl in the back and like... <sighs> Oh, with the salad? Yeah. No, it's not that one. This came out in 2014, so it's a little bit old. Um, but there are cats in sinks, cats in bowls. There's a cat in a jar, and they're sort of saying it's got um, active movement of being able to turn itself around in the jar because it now faces you to look at you and say, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you want to describe more than the pathology that you I mean, a lot of the stats, I'll be honest with you, I didn't really understand all of the stats because it does go into sort of very physics-y. Um, so they've actually done some equations on it and they're sort of saying that it shows Newtonian sort of yeah so it's all to do with basically a liquid by definition like flows doesn't it sort of the the flow of a liquid it can fit any container and whether or not the cat can actually adapt in enough time to fill the container and if you've seen a cat they will fit in anywhere and just relax because um, I read it about that they have like relaxation time of material which sounds an awful lot like a cat relaxing in a bowl or a box um but no my favorite bit i think is their methods when they've just said yeah method put down a box to wait that's what they've done to get oh, the so cat to fit in so these containers the method doesn't include a cat or you have yeah the, the method is just get no, a that, container that's some materials. materials yeah the method is just get a container materials and then wait a cat to feed it free make sure it's still alive and happy <laughs> yeah so it, I just, yeah, it's an interesting paper to read more for the pictures than anything else, just looking at cats in boxes where they probably shouldn't be. But they've actually done some real stats on it. Um, and their conclusion is yes and no, a cat is both a liquid and a solid based on the circumstance. Can someone do some follow-up research in our lab? I mean, can I get a cat yes. and then I can do these experiments? Yes. Okay, if, if you've got the grant money for that, I will get a cat. Deal. Deal. Cat lab. Yeah. Not in, in your lab? Yeah. I think we should get a lab mascot yeah, as a pet. We transform the annex into like a, a cat petting area. Oh my goodness, yeah. The therapy room. There's oh, a therapy room? Wow. Like have cats no, no, and no. dogs. We need a therapy room. Like have cats and dogs that like go along with each other, keep them in the annex therapy room. It's warm enough that would be fine with it. We can walk the dogs around the labs and the cat will be independent just doing their own thing and being little assholes and pushing the bowels off the tables. I mean, maybe we should just go on a trip to like the animal lab. Nah. Pet, a pet what we can find. Yeah, pet okay. what we can find. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have husbandry upstairs. I think there's mice and rats up there. Yeah, I want something that meows or woofs, really. Something bigger. Something that purrs. Purrs is good, yeah. Mm-hmm. If we can get well, a cat. I you if you've been purring it too long, so like it's got an inbuilt timer. So you remember you have to go back to work. <laughs> right, you have five minutes to enjoy this. 
Oh, okay. I mean, it's done. <laughs> yeah, time's over. I mean, they do that. You get like, what, two or three tummy scratches, depending on the cat, and yes. then suddenly that's it. That's enough. Or Back you to work. Get the one in a million cat lets you pay for eons. Mm. And then they get annoyed when you stop petting. Yes. And Those kind of cats. You. Yeah. It's like, no, I want the attention. Come back to me. My dog does that at home. My mum's dog, she, if you stop touching her, she looks at you to say, excuse me, and what do you think you're doing? And you're like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was petting you, I, I, I forgot. <laughs> or like, sorry, I got tired of petting you, like, you're scratching you, my hands are sore. Like, sorry, It's dog. not a good enough excuse. She just looks at you like, how dare you? You have offended me and my ancestors. <laughs> that's, we were, yeah, I'm sure that's we exactly what she's thinking. in ancient Egypt. <laughs> this is a dog, not a cat. Well, you know, but probably were too. Is there not like a god with the head of a dog? Yeah, that was the god of um, the underworld. Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah. That makes you show how much we love dogs. Yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, <laughs> poor dogs. I mean, they Go have on. lots of animals that have like human body during the ancient Egypt. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing at that point, but it was a bit weird. Like, where did they get this idea from? Like, how did they know how a pig looks like? So how a pig looks pigs? like? Yeah. Like, maybe from possessing them? <laughs> no, is it not too hot for the pig to survive in there? It's um, all sand. Have you yeah. seen any Egyptian gods with pig heads? No. No, also, I thought there is. No. Also, back in ancient Egypt, Egypt was not all sand. It was actually an oasis. If you look at the... Yeah. If you look at the architecture, they had built-in, like, gutters and everything in most of the buildings, which displays how much rain they had. But so much rain... They had a river. Yeah. A really big one. They still still have a big river in Egypt. Yeah, but that one river, though. It's a big one. If you look at the... Things there is evidence of erosion, which means that there has been a lot of rainfall. I haven't been, but I've seen from photos that everyone thinks the Sphinx is like in the middle of the desert. And if you just turn around and get another photo, there's a Starbucks and a Pizza Hut or something like that behind you. Really? Oh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> See, a picture can tell you a thousand stories. I know, yeah. Words. So I thought, like, this so, minute. Words. A thousand words. Oh, yeah. Wow. I saw in the movie of like, Egypt, man, it's all sand and sand. You know, like, movies was, was like Indiana mummy? Jones. Yeah, it's the mummy. Indiana Jones is American-made. But was he not in somewhere in the Egyptian bit? That would have been in the third film. Some point, yeah. So, no, can't remember. And that was more of a surreal region. And which one's the big rock in? Wait, no, that's the first one. The first one, okay. And we don't talk about the second one. Why? Because we just don't talk about it. What do you mean? I don't know which ones I've seen. I've seen bits of them. Yeah, I can remember snippets of them. Like, I can't remember. Yeah, there wasn't a Christmas and you just see a little bit and then you leave to get more food and then you come back and you still don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty much in the other Jones. Yeah. Or <laughs> Bond movies. Yeah, they're all the same. I, I think... I wouldn't even notice if my parents just put on a completely different movie See, halfway like, through. James Bond is like, you get Bond, he gets half killed, he falls for a girl, she dies, he wins over, like he wins against the enemy, he dies, done, finished. Wait, does James Bond die? I thought he always survives. No, he nearly dies. 
Oh, nearly. Or for as dead, but he's actually somewhere having a vacation, drinking martinis. <laughs> yeah. You're laughing, but it's true. It happened in Skyfall. Really? Yeah, Skyfall. Wait, I saw, I saw Skyfall. Can't remember that bit. That's like at the start, like Money Penny shoots him, and he's like, "Oh, dead." But no, actually, he's not dead. Which one has Judy Dench in? That's Skyfall. Okay. It's when she dies. Oh. Yeah. I remember that she was in it. I don't really remember what happened. Thank she you. Dies. You're welcome. Wait, she dies in the film or she died in real life? In the film, she's, she's still, still alive. alive. Oh, you're sorry. And it's Dame Judy Dench. Dame Judy Dench, exactly. She's a national treasure. Oh, her. Yes. Yeah, now I remember. Yeah, she died in the movie. So just because I didn't say Dame before, you didn't remember who she was. No, but when like Lizzie say Dame Judy, then I know. It's the Judy Dench, but Dame Judy Dench, yeah. Oh, okay. I like her. She has tinkly eyes. She was so sassy. Yeah. Tinkly eyes. Anyway, thank you, listeners. We're going to wrap up this episode. Thank you for participating. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Anytime. Yeah, if you want to come back. <laughs> and talk about different aspects of the research. Talk about your life as a... What are you now? Latte? I still don't really know. I mean, I've got a job description the other day, so I think I'm either just... Head, head bitch in charge, I think was the official term. <laughs> did you write the official term? Maybe I did write the official term, but it might have come already on the email. So I think we'll just go with that. Okay. Anywho, we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.